Hi, this is Benoit, your host of the Solar Maverick Podcast. I would like to thank Silverline Communications for sponsoring this episode. Silverline Communications, an integrated marketing and PR agency focused on clean and emerging tech, is headquartered in Washington, D.C., with satellite offices in Chicago and Salt Lake City. You'll learn more about Silverline during the podcast. Thank you again to Silverline Communications for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And then actually Virginia becomes the first Southern state with the goal of carbon-free energy. The governor- That's big news. That is pretty big news. So it's exciting and this happened Hello and welcome to the Solar Maverick Podcast, where solar meets entrepreneurship and experience. I'm your host, Benoit Thanjan, so let's get into it. Hi, this is Benoit, your host of the Solar Maverick Podcast. I'm excited to do this episode on COVID-19 and how it's impacted the solar industry with my co-host, Lee Wang. Hi, it's Lee. We're back today with, uh, hopefully... Not too long of a theme. We're dealing with the COVID pandemic right now, and it's weighing on us here. I'm looking right out my window, and I see the Empire State Building, so we're right in the heart of it. So we want to bring you quality content throughout this, and I'm glad just to be back in the game. Yeah, definitely. And Lee is the founder of MJ Wang Media. He's done a great job helping my company renew energy with marketing, with our website, newsletter, general marketing, SEO, and this podcast, which would have never happened without him. We've gotten a lot of great feedback with having Lee. Lee, as the co-host, this is your 19th episode. Wow, it's amazing, right? Just the whole principle of just getting started and looking back and seeing how much you've accomplished. I really can't believe I've done 19 episodes with you. That, that seems like a pretty big achievement. Just thinking about it, it's making me happy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember when we did our first episode and now we're at 71, so which is amazing, or 72, which is amazing. And this is actually the first podcast that Lee and I have done, not face-to-face, but actually through Zoom. Through yeah, Zoom. imagine how many podcasts are saying the same exact line about that, right? <laughs> yeah. right now. It's just wow. amazing because, you know, we prefer to do these in person because we feel like better discourse and dialogue when the person's in the room. Yeah. Benoit, I think one thing we want to acknowledge right now is just anybody out there listening who's had been really affected by this entire situation. So let's just take a moment just to thank the frontline workers and send our uh, prayers, condolences to anyone who's lost a family member or been severely affected by that. So we just wanted to say that off the top of our broadcast here. Definitely. We hope you and your loved ones are healthy and safe. Lee, it would be helpful for our listeners who you know are Mavericks to learn more. Uh, Lee Wang's the founder of MJ Wang Media. If you could tell people about what your company does, you work with Renew Energy, but you have other clients and you do an amazing job. So I think it would be. Yeah. So I help a lot of uh, companies with their branding and online presence. So in actuality, my business is probably, give or take, about even from where it was before the pandemic. Uh, and the reason is that I've lost some clients who just had to go on hold because they're had they, you know, closed because their gyms or doctor's offices or just, and it made sense. And I've even voluntarily put some clients on hold as far as our payment agreement goes, just because they've been with me for so long. That, and I truly believe that this is a long-term relationship and I'd rather extend my concession to them just to have my little part in helping them, right? For example, one of my clients, Mickey Bruckner is a gym owner. Obviously, since he can't train people, it's impacted his business and he's finding ways to go online and stay in touch with his community. So I just 
voluntarily told him that I would still work for him without pay. And I think that's a smart business strategy when the case is right. That's a very important clarification. I would never tell anyone to work for free as a whole, but sometimes your business relationships go deeper than just a few months or whatever. Hopefully this lasts only a few months, but for a short period of time. So you want to maintain the integrity of your long-term relationships and also just use some sympathy and feel it out as they go. We don't know what our financial arrangement is going to be, but let's take it day-to-day, month-to-month and figure it out because our relationship goes pretty deep. And then on the plus side is I've gained a lot of new business because so many people are trying to establish an online business. And another thing that's helped me cope is just helping people during this time. Like the phrase that we're all in is together is it should be lived too. And uh, one of the local businesses, they had Departed Souls, which is a brewery. They had their online store. They did a really great job. They set up a page on their website, which sold gift certificates for a bunch of local businesses. And they were just hosting that sales mechanism to help these businesses. And unfortunately, uh, Wix shut them down and took their money because they violated their terms were selling gift cards. And they didn't know this. And so they felt like, well, we didn't know we were doing anything wrong. So I helped them set up a new, same, similar website on Squarespace right away, but I did it without charge because I can't support every business with my money, but sometimes I felt like I was going to be able to help people and, and not even looking for anything from it. But I think that's a good way to operate if you can, if you can't afford it. I don't want to speak to people's individual circumstances. Obviously, I want people to, you know, this is a show about entrepreneurship, but I want people to make money and not give away anything for free. But if there was any time I thought it was worthy to give away something, it was now. So I don't know what your take is on that, Benoit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we're seeing during this pandemic of COVID-19, you know, is people helping other people with their talents and skills and potentially building a long-term relationship from that. I'm sure Departed Souls, which is a brewery in Jersey City, is appreciative of what you've helped them with and then educating as well too. Like they're going to refer you to other business as well. Absolutely. Like we've always talked about this way before. This is building these relationships. You never know when they're going to come back and help you. And building relationships is a good way to go through life anyway. And if you come in with the right intention, it will yield some kind of a good business relationship in the future, I believe. And it's happened to me uh, for sure. And another thing that you and I both have been talking about is, you know, everyone's saying now's the time to refine your skills. And I've been doing a lot of sales calls and I, I feel like the art of the sales call and negotiation is something I've been having a lot of practice with, which is great. And Benoit Offline, you asked me what it has improved. I think it's just starting off with any sales call with just getting to know the potential client, the prospect, and sharing a commonality that you may or may not have with them early on is an important step. So that's what I've been working on. And oh yeah, another thing is, I mean, we're, we're segueing a little bit, but helping me cope with All of this is just sticking to a daily routine and writing down and tracking things. I've actually been able to drink eight glasses of water. It was a weakness uh, of mine, but I think that's helpful. I've strengthened that muscle too, so it's become easier. Is there anything you've been working on, Benoit? There's so many things. (laughs) I don't know where to start. I mean, I think, yeah, building great habits, a positive outlook, keeping busy. Mm -hmm. Only most of the things... And I think most of us know this already is we can't control a lot of things, but we can control our actions. So really taking a lot of actions when regards to the business, my business for new energy, we're a solar developer and consulting company. So been really busy working on building relationships because business is about relationships and 
We develop commercial, industrial, and utility scale projects. We help companies that are looking to go solar and developers who are sourcing financing. We broker SREX and manage SREX. So it's really being getting into a routine, a work routine. And even though I'm at home, just keeping towards certain habits, uh, eating healthy, getting enough sleep. As you mentioned, drinking a lot of water, working out once a week, once a day, not a week. And I think those things really kind of help. Once a week, Manoy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, help during the pandemic. And as far as like uh, just having, being positive and it's the way you approach things and also uh, practicing gratitude. So, oh yeah, definitely. I've been writing down three things of gratitude at least every day. So I think it's weird for me. I always kind of track things, but now I'm like super tracking it. And it's also interesting just to know how much you're not doing during the day or where you can improve by actually writing things down. But one thing I, I like to do is for my work to-do list, I write down the first names of my clients. So I look at them as people and not businesses. It's just a reframing of context that helps me sort of think of ways I can help them. And that always leads to money. And I'm just going to, you know, leave that. that. I, I just wanted to make sure that listeners out there knew that I wasn't saying now's the time to give away your services. There's almost never a time I would ever say anything like that. Right. And that's an important thing that we both agree on, that you want to know how valuable you are and provide those services well when you deliver and never undersell your own talent and skill level. Definitely. That's so true. Yeah. So Benoit, why don't we take a time just to acknowledge our sponsor? Yes, definitely. So we would like to thank our sponsor, which is Silverline Communications. If you're not familiar with Silverline, Silverline Communications is an integrated marketing and PR agency focused on clean and emerging tech. We're spending a lot of time in the beginning of the podcast talking about COVID-19. Silverline is providing great solutions for corporate communications related to COVID-19. Silverlines Communications is available to assist your team with messaging, crisis protocol, company internal communications, media interviews, or any other element of communication around your business and COVID-19. You could reach Silverline Communications at 703-286-5500 or info at teamsilverline.com. Uh, we've worked with them before and they do a great job. We'll also have notes about them in the podcast as well. So thank you again to Silverline Communications. So here we have a COVID typical interruption. My daughter's joining the podcast today. <laughs> yes. Uh, let me first... say, say hi to the Solar Mavericks. Hi, Solar Mavericks. Mavericks. All right. So say hi, Benoit. Yeah. So this is another thing that's been difficult during the COVID is how to manage your kids while trying to get work done. But Noah, can you jump right in and talk about how COVID-19 has impacted the solar industry? Definitely. So this is something that we talked about a little bit before. Obviously, with COVID-19, it has impacted jobs and the solar industry has lost jobs, just like most industries have lost jobs. According to a California employment research company, VW Research, has calculated that U.S. clean energy industry shed 106,000 jobs last month as the nation grappled with COVID-19. BW predicts a further 500,000 clean energy jobs, almost 15% of the clean energy workforce, could be lost in the absence of policy support for the sector. And I think we're going to hear more about, depending on how long COVID-19 goes, that there are going to be more job losses. And it's impacted, obviously, as well, construction. Some states have considered solar as non-essential construction. This has delayed projects from built 
states that are allowing construction of solar are incorporating social distancing. And obviously this is impacting as well, job losses. And then also it's we're having a loss of solar installations because of the construction delays, also supply delays from getting equipment specifically from China. So the market research firm called Wood McKenzie has cut its 2020 global installation forecast by 18% in response to the expected delays in the utility scale project completions and the overall financial and economic impacts from COVID-19, which will hurt demand in the residential and commercial industrial PV sectors. You know, I mentioned supply chain. That's really been a big issue as well. Most people probably know this, but China is the world's largest solar module and panel manufacturer. And then what the restrictions imposed by the government, there's been a significant impact of suppliers to meet the critical need equipment for solar developments to perform obligations under supply agreements. And this has caused production delays, supply shortages, also pricing, price hikes. I've also seen actually as well, some supply of solar panels actually at a lower cost at this time because of less demand potentially for projects. What we've also seen is because of uh, the repercussions of supply chain, there's like liquidated damages for delay or termination. Suppliers have been seeking relief by claiming force majeure. And I don't know if the listeners know what force majeure is, but force majeure is in pretty much almost any legal document that I've read. And if you don't know what it is, force majeure is the provision that defines occurrences that are outside and beyond the control of the parties, like acts of God, war, famine, and plague, and allow relief for non-performance in an event that such occurrence has been triggered. You know, that's what we're talking about with liquidated damages that these manufacturers are trying to get out of because of COVID-19 and the steps that government has done to limit shipping of and distribution of equipment. If this is like something that someone's interested, you should definitely speak to your lawyer about agreement that you have it in place. We're not a law firm about force majeure if you're negotiating. It's interesting because I saw actually a clause for COVID-19 in a contract recently, which right. is basically force majeure specifically related to COVID-19, that they don't want to have any penalties if COVID-19 continues. Has the solar industry, as far as you know, benefited maybe too early from any of the relief packages that were announced federally last month? So unfortunately, there was no specific incentives for the solar industry in the $2.2 trillion relief package last month. They're hoping like the next incentive package, which I guess is called the phase four stimulus package, which is being discussed now, that climate change will be a priority. So what We're assuming that SOCIA, which is the biggest lobbying group in the U.S., they're the Solar Energy Industry Association, and other solar groups were pushing in the last stimulus package to have the investment tax credit, which we've talked about many times on the podcast, which is a 26% tax credit, which you basically have to have a taxable income to take advantage of the credit. So usually how these solar projects are structured is that they have a separate sort of tax equity investor who takes advantage of this. But what we've been seeing in the industry with COVID-19 is that a lot of these companies that were making income and having a taxable income, they're not sure what their taxable income is or whether they'll have losses next year. So what we're seeing that's actually limiting 
financing of projects. Why am I going through that is because part of what solar industry is suggesting or SIA and other organizations is to change instead of an investment tax credit for 26% to change it to a cash grant for 26%. And that was actually something that there was a back in the great recession of 2008 that the government passed 1603 of the American Recovery and a Reinvestment Act, where they gave a 30% grant for solar projects. And that I think will really open up financing for projects because you're not limited to investors who have a taxable income. It's basically you get a check from the Treasury Department. I think that would be great to stimulate the economy. I just think it's challenging though. We're not sure like if the government would pass that. And I know Lee, we've talked about this too as well. Last year, a lot of people, uh, the investment tax credit was 30% before it stepped down to 26%. But you could still qualify for 30% grant if you paid uh, 5% of the cost. And usually people did that through modules. And there were basically expectations to qualify for the 30% this year that you would have to have the panels delivered within a certain time and the project had to be in service by a certain time. So a lot of companies last year safe harbor panels, but now it looks like with COVID-19 or the coronavirus that these timeframes won't be met. So they're looking, um, SIA and other solar industry associations are looking for the federal government to relax those uh, deadlines that were on these projects because with the supply chain being limited and then construction stopped or slowed down, a lot of these timeframes can't be met. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with COVID-19 and whether there's specifically any package, anything related to solar. In this podcast, we're not going to go into other ways you could help your business was through like payment protection program, the PPP, which was created for small businesses, the EIDL, which is an economic injury disaster loan, unemployment insurance, and then additional unemployment insurance for the pandemic. I felt like we shouldn't go into it because there's been a lot of articles, podcasts, webinars, videos created about that. But it's definitely something else that people in the solar industry should be actively informed. Unfortunately, the PPP or the Payment Protection Program has now has no more funding. So the government's still working through potentially increasing that. So it's been interesting to kind of see what's happened in the industry. It was interesting as well. There was a project where I was helping a developer sell their project and we're in an exclusivity period with an investor. And then the investor changed the term of the agreement or changed like not the term, but the one of the aspects of the agreement because they weren't sure whether they could get tax equity. So the, that transaction didn't continue. And that was like right in the beginning of the coronavirus. So it's been interesting to kind of see uh, what's been happening. Yeah, but how is this affecting you personally as a business? <laughs> so it's interesting. I mentioned it like we've been really busy with work and there's been some new opportunities that have come from it. But it's definitely things have slowed down. I think the solar industry is definitely like negatively impacted by this. It's definitely slowed down like business in a certain sense because things aren't really financing. It's kind of figuring out what they're trying to do different projects that we were working on, it's pretty much slowed down or or stopped. Uh, But at the same time, it's still been extremely busy. And I've been surprised that there's been some new business opportunities that have come up through the virus. Like there's still companies that are still moving forward with projects. We're working on several different new engagements that I thought 
with the coronavirus or even existing clients that it would slow down and it didn't. So I'm surprised. So it's still early if you think about it, Lee. It's only been, I guess, now like seven or eight weeks. Which isn't that long in the context of life. What's interesting for you and I probably is that we often, as entrepreneurs, as a small company, we work alone a lot, even before this. So this kind of isolation as far as being a worker hasn't hasn't been that different for us, probably. I'm, I'm going to speak for myself. But, you know, just the idea of like, oh, being working in a smaller office away from coworkers is pretty, uh, <laughs> I've adapted to that pretty easily. <laughs> Yeah, surprisingly, it's been pretty easy to adapt. You know, I thought going from an office environment to working at home, it would be a big adjustment because I like to be at the office. Yeah. Uh, but it hasn't been that challenging as I thought it would be. And, yeah. and I think things are just going to change just in general. I mean, you know, obviously without a vaccine for COVID-19 or the coronavirus, Obviously, I'm not a doctor, (laughs) but I think there potentially could be, you know, different waves of it, especially when we start reopening the economy and how it's being done and then keeping, you know, social distancing. And then it seems like everything's like becoming people are, you know, moving things to the web and making things web based. One of the things that I found interesting is like permitting and state inspections for solar projects are pretty much slowed down. But like some towns have moved the permitting process online, you know, and with social distancing and things like obviously as many processes that you could do where there's not a direct face-to-face or human interaction is, you know, better. It's just interesting because I think we're going to see in every industry and I think we're seeing it already like adaption. Yeah. And then adaptions will be permanent trends, you know. It's funny you bring that up. I was speaking with our mutual friend, Dr. Eugenie Lee, today about her business. She's a dentist. And obviously, that's an industry that's going to be greatly affected with, especially think about a routine cleaning and, and how exposed both parties are, not the patient and the hygienist. So, I mean, there are industries that will probably be permanently affected by the way they do things, uh, such as dentistry. So it's just interesting to think about the bigger picture ramifications of how certain industries will have to change after all this. You know, certain industries I feel like are more impacted by COVID-19 than other industries. Like dentistry, you mentioned Mickey, who has like a gym and does personal training and trains elite athletes. I think people will have concerns, you know, going to gyms and how do you keep social distancing, making sure things are clean. You know, obviously for what you do, I feel like there's more opportunity in a certain sense. Yeah, I'm distant already, you know, from yeah. most things. So that's and true. Think, yeah. And I so, think it's cooler too as well, because when you do the construction, luckily it's outside, it's easy to maintain social distancing for the construction. And there are a lot of processes that we could move online. But I think human to human interaction, mm-hmm. especially when you're selling, is a lot easier than doing something online, like residential solar sales have now and other types of, they're not doing any in-person. People Mm -hmm. are going to virtual. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think it's still very early in this. So you mentioned before that there weren't any federal aid stimulus packages slated or specifically for renewables or solar. And you've talked a lot in the past about how different policy at the state level and different states have led the way in the solar industry. Has there been any differences on the state level as far as uh, helping the industry? 
Yeah, definitely. So it's been exciting. I mean, if, you know, there are three things that happened this month within three different states that are still pushing for renewables, which is pretty exciting to hear. So basically in Massachusetts, the Solar Massachusetts Renewable Energy, the SMART program, which was initially capped at 1.6 gigawatts AC, but under uh, new regulations, which took effect April 15th, they doubled the capacity of the program to 3.2 gigawatts AC. Basically, how SMART works, you have a long-term, I think it's about 15 years, dollar per kilowatt, that the utility guarantees for any of the production from the solar facility. And then it goes to declining blocks. So that's huge. That just happened last week. And then they also, you know, a lot of Massachusetts electricity utilities have issued blanket notices of force majeure, which we talked about before under the standards for interconnection of distributed generation tariff, which is a smart program over the past several weeks. But Massachusetts is now granting a six-month extension for all solar tariff generation units and also new applications. So that basically means that any pro there was like a deadline within SMART of when the project had to be in service. But with all the sort of time lags that we've been talking about, Massachusetts is giving an extension for EPCs to install the projects and still qualify for this SMART program. And then actually Virginia becomes the first Southern state with the goal of carbon-free energy. The governor- That's big news. That is pretty big news. So it's exciting. And this happened as well this month, Governor Ralph Nordham authorized the Omnibus Virginia Clean Energy Act, which mandates the state's biggest utility, Dominion Energy, switch to renewable energy by 2045. And Appalachian Power, which serves far Southwest Virginia, must go carbon-free by 2050. And then New York, which has been a leader in the solar industry and renewable energy with their goals of 100% renewables, they passed a bill called the, as well this month, the Accelerated Renewable Energy Growth and Community Benefit Act, which will create a first in the nation Office of Renewable Energy siting to improve and streamline the process for environmentally responsible and cost-effective siting of large-scale renewable energy project across New York while delivering significant benefits to local communities. So they're basically making it a lot easier to site, especially really big renewable energy projects, which is huge for them to meet their renewable energy goals. Yeah, that's encouraging here, at least on the state level, there's been a lot of activity to help boost the industry. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully like there'll be federal incentives in, in the future helping with difficulties that the, the industry is having with COVID-19. Yeah. And talking with your clients day to day, have you been instilling any advice to them, you know, just in your daily interactions? Yeah. I mean, just to be positive and to keep working and taking actions to keep sowing the seeds. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, you know, there's tough decisions that have to be made and keep making adjustments to it and weigh the pros and cons of things. And make sure as well to have time for yourself because a lot of people are telling me that they're working even more now with everything that's Speaking happening. Speaking of that, I, I know we touched upon it earlier in the broadcast, but how specifically have you been maintaining your routine? I know you mentioned gratitude, but uh, what are some things you've been keeping to yourself that are essentials for your daily you know, sort of energy and, and keeping positive? Yeah. So I think a big thing is like sleeping. Sleep's important. And then keeping the same sort of sleep cycle, meaning the time you go to bed and wake up doing the, the same thing, even on the weekends. I think meditation as well. I know we've mentioned this several times on the podcast. Lee uses 
calm. I use headspace, drinking a lot of fluids. And I think really like just being extremely, just thinking about what you're grateful for really makes a difference. Yeah. Benoit, I know we talked about before we started the podcast, but I've been keeping busy. My one me time, TV time has been the Michael Jordan documentary, (laughs) The Last Dance. And I know you've been watching it too. Any other uh, arts and entertainment things you've been checking out lately? So, I mean, I've been reading and, you know, listening to podcasts. Obviously, we make this podcast. I have to admit, I did watch that um, Tiger King for like two or three episodes because I heard so many people talk about it. But I haven't really been watching much TV surprisingly. I'll admit, I'm, I'm kind of a hater when it comes to those guys. Whenever someone talks about a TV program too much, <laughs> I usually try to stay away. Maybe, maybe I am just a hater, but I just try to limit my... TV time, and I'm not trying to stay on a higher moral ground, but I've been out. Thank you. Benoit uh, gave me an audiobook, Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. And I previously had mentioned that I don't really listen to audiobooks, but like I think it's it's been great for this particular time because I can really be quite more productive with, with my reading if, by listening to it. So I finished that one pretty easily. And then I just finished a health, a nutrition book by Dr. Mark Hyman called food, what the heck you should eat, which has been interesting. And he kind of goes into the science of nutrition and basically talks about, basically makes it pretty gloomy out there that pretty much what we're eating, we shouldn't be eating. He's pretty much an advocate of a low carb diet. And at the end of the day, I, I'm not, I don't mean to sum him up too. He's a little bit more nuanced than that, but this kind of switch to audiobook in the meanwhile has really helped me become more efficient at reading during this time or absorbing knowledge. So that's been cool. Yeah, you know, I think what's great about audiobooks is that you could do other things yeah. as well. And sometimes like I enjoy, I enjoy when the author of the book reads the book. Yeah. Because you could sense their passion or excitement or they'll talk about other things that w- wouldn't have been on the book. Yeah. That's why, you know, I prefer like audio, Audible. I'm always trying to keep productive and I do read books, but it allows me to do other things as well. That's great. Yeah. So I think this brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, Benoit, how do people remind people how to reach out to you and get in contact with you about the show, about the business, and uh, just let them know? Obviously, it's info, I-N-F-O, at Renew Energy, R-E-N-E-U, energy.com. You could also reach us. If you have any comments, feedback, feel free to reach out to us. And our phone number is 201-743-9533. A lot of people do reach out to us about the podcast. I apologize if there's a delay in getting back to us. We really appreciate, you know, all the feedback that you provide. You know, one of the things that I wanted to say is that COVID-19 is impacting most businesses, but it's hurting the solar industry in the near term. But what I wanted to say is the fundamentals of solar are still very strong and the cost of solar will continue to go down and efficiencies will increase. And it is exciting to see what's happening with storage and it becoming economical. It'll be really a game changer for intermittent power like solar that could be used anytime when you combine solar plus storage. And it's exciting because once solar reaches grid parity and it's competitive with fossil fuels without incentives, it's going to exponentially increase. And it's already even during this time has increased the past 10 years and it's going to continue. I think last year, solar represented 40% of all new electricity generation capacity in the U.S. So the outlook for the industry is still going to be great. It's just being on the solar coaster, as like people in the industry like to joke about, it's just another thing that we have to adapt to 
and um, you know we have some really smart and creative people who will continue to adapt. Yeah, actually, that's interesting. Do you think there'll probably be an increased demand for solar, or people just will sense the urgency of um, using solar to improve the environmental status of our Earth? I think there's going to be an increased desire for that following this pandemic. Yeah, definitely. That's what you know. We all think, or a lot of us think, that, and I think personally, a lot of people will be more focused on you know climate change and impacts to our climate because yeah. of the pandemic. And part of they say could be the reason of the pandemic happening is because of climate change. You know, obviously, there's a lot of hypotheses about why it happened, but I think yeah. why wouldn't you do clean energy if it's cheaper or the same price as fossil fuels? It just doesn't yeah. make any sense. So. Well, that's great. And distributed, sorry, Lee, distributed, meaning that it's not at a power plant and yep. it's here at multiple different locations for like reliability and security and yeah. these other things. So. so what's the first thing you're going to do when you're allowed to go freely roam this earth? I'm not sure. I honestly miss being outside. I love being out in the sun and in the outdoors. So I think that's the first thing, maybe going for a hike. Yeah. I think uh, one of the things I had a trip planned to see my cousin, who's a designer at Nike, I had it planned during these months. So I think I'm just going to try to take care of that first and get back on that and not take these opportunities for granted. So I think that that's going to be my first action. It's always good seeing family and face to face. If people wanted to get in touch with you, Lee. Email me, L-I, that's how you spell my name, Lee, at MJ, like Michael Jordan, Wang, (laughs) W-A-N-G media.com so it's lee at mjwangmedia.com and you can hit me up there and just stay in touch uh any help advice you want from either of us we're open and available we'll try to get back to you as soon as possible yeah definitely this is another great podcast lee i appreciate you co-hosting the 19th episode that you co-hosted and looking forward to the 20th 19 for covid 19 (laughs) yeah covid 19 yes i didn't think of that all right great benoit thanks thanks for another great episode thanks Thanks for listening to the Solar Maverick Podcast. The Solar Maverick Podcast is brought to you by Renew Energy. We're a solar development and consulting firm. If you believe that this podcast is adding value to you, please give us a five-star review and share with those that you think could benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and feedback to info at renewenergy.com. That's I-N-F-O at reneuenergy.com. The Solar Maverick Podcast is produced by Podcast Laundry and executive produced by Benoit Thangen and Kevin Y. Brown. 